Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where we'll discover more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to our community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our podcasts, we'll explore the Downhouse DNA with different members of the community. For our seventh episode, we look at the importance of being outward-looking, and our host, Simon Jones, speaks to Mrs. Maria Akhtar, who heads up our Global Exchange Programme at Downhouse. Maria, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Well, um, being back at school after half term on a Monday morning, it has been pretty hectic today, but um, I've been looking forward to this podcast all day, knowing that it was scheduled right at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. a, a, a pretty busy, suitably busy and happy. So we're recording this here in June and it's uh, it's just gone six o'clock in the evening uh, and it's a Monday. How do Mondays typically look for you and how did today look in school? Every day is busy at Downhouse, as you might have heard from my other colleagues. <laughs> Uh, but a Monday after half term tends to be a lot more busy. It's basically planning the week, looking at all the tasks that have to be set for the team, uh, following up on tasks, attending meetings, uh, chatting to girls, talking to my tutees, mm-hmm. and basically coming back home thinking we have now set the scene for the week to run smoothly. That's mm. how it works. Mm. Okay, so we're going to be looking at a couple of different different things, including the importance of being outward looking. But I wonder, first of all, Maria, if you could talk us through your own education, so where you went to school and how you found things when you were younger. So I have had a very unusual upbringing with a scientist father who was an advisor in WHO. Uh, In fact, he still is all his life. He is scientist emeritus. And in those days, and we are going back a bit, him being posted in 50 different countries, ranging from Afghanistan to Cuba to France Mm. to Nepal, you can imagine we had a very hybrid stroke global upbringing. Mm. And that has definitely shaped me up as a person, mm-hmm. as an economist, as a teacher, and now certainly as director of global initiatives at Danaz. Mm. Mm. So you were doing all of that travel uh, along with your father when you were younger, is that right? Not always, but when we were very young, yes, we did accompany him. So I have been educated in different countries, but primarily, if you ask, it'll be India and the UK. Okay, right. Gosh. And which parts of India? Kashmir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky to have spent my formative years there. And mm-hmm. I went to a fabulous school there called St. Mary's Presentation Convent. Mm-hmm. Then a smaller town called Lucknow, which you might not be very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also spent some time in Delhi when my father was the vice chancellor there at the university. So, yes. Mm. Okay, well, this ties in really quite nicely because one of the things I was hoping to ask you was about the benefits of global awareness and where you see that sits within a school environment but can you tell me first of all what do you think those benefits are of a global awareness just generally speaking how much time do we have I could speak on it for hours um (laughs) if I look back and I have been at Downhouse for quite some time it's my 15th year now Mm -hmm. Uh, I joined as a teacher of economics and director of higher education and the nature of my subject requires students to 
be either global or have a global outlook. You are a better mm. economist if you have your finger on the pulse in terms of how China works vis-a-vis Australia or as compared mm. to Egypt or India. I always felt that if we expanded their horizons a little bit and they got to know how students learned in other parts of the world who are their direct competitors at these top universities that they apply to mm. be it in the UK or across the pond in America they will be better prepared mm. so that is one of the advantages you're certainly a better economist if you are globally aware but if you really look at it in 10 to 15 years time these girls will find themselves in the workplace working in a team invariably made up of of people from across the globe they could be working in a team which is made up of an american and an indian and a chinese and they need to understand these mm. global cultures lifestyles and primarily their work ethic so from a very practical point of view i think these are the benefits but then if you look at it in terms of being competitive in the world of employment or in the labor market that is a mm-hmm. huge benefit too mm-hmm. add to that the recent drive that is taking the country over or in fact the world over in terms of equality and diversity it feeds directly into that as well so mm-hmm. i think uh the benefits of it are multi-pronged in my view mm. no of course Okay, so I've heard something about the Global Schools Exchange program. Tell me a little bit more about that though. What's that all about, Maria? Yes. So, um about 6 years ago, uh I took over this role uh, as director of global initiatives and when I asked my head teacher what did this job entail or what my remit would be, she asked me to be creative. Mm. And after a few brainstorming sessions, we came up with a multi-pronged approach thinking how can we make our girls more globally aware and mm-hmm. global ready and one of the first and foremost tasks was to set up a global schools exchange program so that is how it took birth and i thought you cannot have a better idea of putting our girls amongst girls from other schools set up in other countries mm perhaps from a very different culture mm. where they sit and learn with them but inadvertently get to know about a different culture so tell me a little bit more then about how it works i mean which countries are you involved with and and how does it actually look if if one of the girls at downhouse was involved in this i feel that it is one of the most unique programs uh, running um you might find that some schools in the uk have a global schools exchange program through either a company or through word of mouth where they are partnering with two or three schools across the world i mean i'd be surprised if it's more than that but here we were exploring our options and realizing that if we set up a more bespoke program for our girls it would go a long way and it would be a more long standing project mm. so we set out uh, seeking uh, schools that had the right ethos and values and matched uh, the requirements of our girls mm-hmm. um, around the globe uh, 
And I'm glad to say that we have now partnered with 15 schools in five continents. Oh, wow. And there are about five more in the pipeline. So our girls travel happily to places like Durban Mm -hmm. or Rajasthan in India or uh, Boston in America Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, a very small town in Netherlands uh, or in Spain or in New Zealand or Australia, you name it, and they can go there, even to far-flung places like Japan and Argentina. Gosh, right. And where do most of the girls tend to want to go? Because some of those places you mentioned are quite quite local. You mentioned the Netherlands and Spain, but equally you mentioned Japan and New Zealand, which are... Well, I mean, New Zealand, you couldn't get further away from the UK, could you? Where do the girls tend to want to go to? Well, surprisingly, actually, New Zealand tends to be the most popular school amongst our girls. Right. Um, I guess it's it's horses for courses. The way we have set up this program, Mm -hmm. it requires a girl visiting the school for anything between ranging from two weeks to five weeks. Okay. And these happen at different times of the academic year. Right. So given the fact that our girls are at a full boarding school and holiday time is pre-planned with the family, mm-hmm. it all depends on whether it matches that time, hmm. whether the requirements of the girls match what that other school is offering in that country. So mm-hmm. a sporty girl might pick the school in New Zealand mm-hmm. and a girl who's interested in improving her Spanish might school pick up the school in Spain. Mm-hmm. And likewise, if somebody is, is, is interested in technology, they might pick up the school in Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So it just it depends on what the requirements of the girls are. And they are very savvy and very um, clever at finding out which schools would suit them more. Mm. Sometimes it does depend on if a country has got better climate or scenery, but that's Mm. rare. Mm. That's good to hear. That really is. And what age do girls need to be in order to embark on this program at the school? We looked at it long and hard and decided that lower five, which is year 10, Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they are 15 years old would be the right age for them to travel because they will anything before that and they're too young okay. and anything after that and they're involved in exam classes. Of course. So yes. we we settled at this age where girls mm-hmm. apply for it when they are 14 years of age, but then mm-hmm. they travel when they are 15 and in year 10 and they travel in pairs so mm. two girls go to one of our partner schools and likewise they send their two buddies back to us. And I imagine that those two girls probably forge uh, an even stronger friendship than they already had after they've spent that much time together. Absolutely. And as you were talking about the benefits uh, just a few minutes ago, that is another one of the priceless benefits of such uh, an exchange that mm. the networking they get with the girls in in our partner school um, Mm -hmm. is priceless. It stays on forever. We have had girls who went on an exchange four years ago and now they're going on Christmas holidays with their buddy and their parents. Wow. Absolutely. And in another case, a girl who went to India is now friends with her buddy at London School of Economics back in London. So I feel, I think it all ties into that same concept of uh, networking, 
team working skills, communication skills that might come in handy later on in your social life or professional mm-hmm. life. Maria, I was going to ask you about the Global Internships Programme as well. Is, is that connected to the Glo- Global Schools Exchange Programme? So as I said, when, when we set out to create a global initiatives program at Dan House, we were looking at what all we could do. And of course, the first bit was setting up a global schools exchange program, which mm-hmm. is up and running and quite established. The other prongs to that project was, were setting up a global internship program, but this was for the six formers. Okay, all right. And this links in a little bit with my other hat that I wear, which is the director of higher education, where we send girls to universities, arrange internships for them and get them employment ready. And I'm a strong believer that internships have got a huge role to play, not just in getting your first job, but also in exploring which jobs would be most suitable for you. And as you might know, that um, university students in at most universities these days would spend their summer breaks doing some internships in order to get mm. onto that job ladder. Our girls have been doing internships in the UK for quite some time in the sixth form because mm-hmm. it helps them choose their A-level subjects. It helps them choose whether medicine is for them or law is for them. Mm-hmm. And we want to take it one step further to create global internships for them. So when our girls are in the lower six, they get this opportunity to apply for it, appear for an interview, and if selected, Mm -hmm. they can go and work in Hong Kong um, at Christie's, or they can go and work for an investment bank in Germany, or Mm -hmm. with an engineer in Australia, or with uh, an NGO that works for economic development in India. Mm-hmm. So that is the second prong of our global initiatives. I see. Right. But we also read in the media about how companies sometimes exploit the, 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 the general internship concept by using it as free labor. How does the school go around avoiding companies just taking advantage of the girls? That's a very good question. Thanks for asking that. So when we were looking at normal internships within the country, within UK, we looked at it long and hard. And I'm quite aware that sometimes young people get stuck at uh, a small office stapling and photocopying Mm. or a Tesco stacking shelves. And that's not the kind of internships we were after. Hmm. Our girls are highly academic. They are future professionals. So we looked at a slightly different model, which Mm -hmm. we call work shadowing rather than work placement or work Ah, experience. Okay. Where you get to shadow a professional and get to see their day-to-day life and what it entails Mm -hmm. before you decide that is for you. For example, I can have a very bright girl at Downhouse who in the upper five, which is year 11, tells me that she would like to be a barrister. And indeed, she has all the qualities and ability to become a barrister. Mm. But whether that would be the right lifestyle for her would be something that we encourage them to go and explore. And sometimes they come back very motivated saying, yes, that is my calling. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they come back and say, well, actually, I can do the studies to reach that stage and become a barrister, but perhaps that lifestyle is not for me. So Mm. I'm going to look into something else. So we feel that such 
work shadowing is a lot more beneficial for our girls rather mm. than the traditional work experience. So in the same vein, if you translate that into our global internships, these have been offered to us by uh, our alumni, some mm-hmm. of our very fabulous parents or some okay. students that, uh, that, that I have taught in the past and mm. they are now placed at wonderful uh, places. So a lot of um, liaison happens before these are set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the remit is fairly clear that our girls should get a very good glimpse into the life of an auctioneer or the life uh. of a medic or the life of a lawyer or a banker, rather than them being used for a free labor, as you, yeah. as you said. Yeah. This is reassuring to hear that that really is. And that's great that you're involving the alumni and, and, your, and the parent body as well. We are very rich in terms of our alumni and our parents. So we're very lucky that way, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Maria, tell me about the Global Festivals Project. I understand it's called Celebrating Global. What's that all about? Yes. Something that came out recently, two years ago, and it was completely initiated by our global ambassadors. So each year I get a set of girls who for want of a better term, they are prefects, but at at Downhouse, we call them seniors or ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And I get a set of girls who are my global ambassadors and they help my global team in running a lot of events, managing schools exchanges, being good hosts, etc., giving them direction, etc. And they came up with this idea that the student body at Downhouse is becoming rather diverse. Mm-hmm. The last four or five years, we have seen um, an increase in uh, the number of students who come to us from different countries and different cultures. And sometimes it does so happen that they tend to cel- not celebrate their big day because it is a school day and they very politely put on their school uniform, attend lessons, and nobody knows that it was their Christmas or it was their Diwali oh, or whatever a, right. a, a festival they celebrate and yeah. we why don't we start an initiative where each and every individual's big day is celebrated so we started this initiative called celebrating global where mm-hmm. we note down the one big festival that a a girl from China might want to celebrate or a girl from Nigeria might want to celebrate or America Mm. or Germany or Russia for that matter. And uh, we plan it well in advance so that on the day there is a little bit of an atmosphere, a festive atmosphere at Downhouse on campus ranging from a, a scrumptious lunch you know, where dishes from that culture are served to a lovely Kahoot quiz where girls can get involved and get to know a little bit more about that festival and that culture. Oh, that's good. And girls from that culture tend to do a lovely video in the school assembly to inform the rest of the school body as to what that festival is all about. So Mm. it's really Mm. feeding into the whole equality and diversity side of things. Sounds great fun and sounds very colourful as well. Sounds like a, a great way to celebrate that global aspect in the school. Indeed, it is. Indeed. And, and, and you should see the smiles on the girls' faces because they hmm. take pride in, 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 in telling the rest of the school about why do they celebrate that day and what do they do and how does their family celebrate it. So it's great fun listening to them. Yeah. Hmm. Maria, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but actually I've got one quick question for you. If COVID wasn't a thing, it didn't exist at all, and if you could travel to, say, three countries you've never been to 
and also I'm going to remove any climate issues that uh, that are involved with traveling as well. Which three countries do you think you might choose that you've never been to? For me personally, hmm. it'll have to be the Patagonia Desert. Oh, okay, so that's a good one. Southern yeah. tip of Argentina. Although mm-hmm. I have visited Argentina when I visited the Global Partner School, but I did not have the time to go there and it was not the right uh, time of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next one would be Sicily, off the coast of Sicily, to watch a live volcano underwater. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, that is one of my um, things on the bucket list. And the third one would be New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand because one of my other team members visited that school. Yeah, no, very, very good. Very good. Uh, Well, look, Maria, thank you so much for your time here. If anyone's got any questions about anything that you've said, anything they want to follow up with you on, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They are more than welcome to get in touch with any of the global team. And that would be me, Mrs. Cook, who is uh, the wonderful person who literally manages the whole Global Schools Exchange program, or Miss mm-hmm. West, who, are, who is our resident global tutor. She is the tutor to any girls who come and visit us from these other schools to take good care of them. Or they can send us an email on the uh, Downhouse HEGI address and we would be more than happy to get back in touch with them okay and sorry that email address it's h-e-g-i at downhouse.net h-e-g-i at downhouse.net yes okay got it thank you maria and thank you very much for your time and thank you for being here today it was such a pleasure thank you thank you very much simon and that was Maria talking to us today on the benefits of being outward looking. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It really was lovely talking to you. And if you have any questions, then don't forget that email address. It's hegi at downhouse.net. Now, this is the last episode in this series of the school's new podcast channel, but we will be back in the autumn term and it would be great to get your feedback on how you've enjoyed series one. So if you have any suggestions or requests or any thoughts for that matter of how you'd like to see this podcast evolve over the coming months, then please do let us know. Tara Reeve is waiting to hear from you and her email address is reevet, that's R-E-E-V-E-T, reevet at downhouse.net and she would love to know your thoughts. But in the meantime, do make sure you follow this podcast channel so that you don't miss what's coming next. And we all look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.